Amen, amen. You guys can grab a seat. It is um, it's so good um, just to worship the Lord. And on that last song, we reached a level of just like where I just look around and I just, I just think to myself, I'm like, we're having a lot of fun. And, uh, and there's just joy um, when we understand the gospel and those truths. And it's, uh, it's great to be with you this morning. And uh, if you get a copy of God's word out in front of you, we're going to get there. Um, this morning, but first, I'm just thankful for uh, Pastor Jeremy just preaching last week and uh, thankful for his ministry in our church and all that God's doing in his life as they, um, he and a, a, a group of people from our church and other places are, are moving towards planting what will eventually be Hope Bible Chapel in the fall of this year. So excited for that. I was uh, so thankful just to get a week of vacation with my family. And, and on my way home, um, I, I heard there were some baptisms, and, uh, and so we got on the feed and, and, and watched those baptisms. Um, uh, one word with an exclamation point after it, wow. Like, I was just so blessed by that. The, 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 the part I loved about it was where there were a few of the, of the testimonies in the baptismal, and the, and the people literally said, they said, I have come out of brokenness, whether it was a broken home or broken relationships or whatever it is. And, and I just love the fact that the fruit of the ministry of our church, uh, my ministry, your ministry, our ministry together, is seeing people come to our church, hear the gospel, get saved when they understand who Jesus Christ is, amen, and then seeing their life transformed. Is that not awesome? And uh, I'm just so thankful for that. And encouraged by the students. Yeah, that's a good time to clap. So encouraged by the students who got baptized. Um, and speaking of the students, this coming weekend, they're going um, on a retreat to kind of focus on the Lord. Um, dream on. Apparently, if you look at this sort of psychedelic design for, for very long, you'll see Colin's face, I think, or something like that in it. And, um, um, and so they're going to be on a retreat next weekend on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I want to call you uh, to pray for that retreat and for what God's gonna do. Three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I right now, in the midst of the service, just wanna, just wanna see some commitments for each day, and so I'm gonna give you a chance to raise your hand on whatever day, or if all of them, that's great, and then after you raise your hand and I acknowledge that, I want you to immediately on your phone or some device or a note, a reminder, so that you'll be praying for them on that day. So how about Friday? Raise your hand if you're committed to pray for them on Friday. Amen. Amen. Okay, write it down. Commit to that. How about Saturday? Saturday. Amen. Amen. Sunday. Awesome. Awesome. So I want you to write that down. Pray for them. Pray for the leaders. Um, man, I love the commitment uh, to intercede in prayer. And, uh, and God's going to do some things, and we're going to see some other testimonies, and that baptism, well, I'm believing that and, uh, and trusting God in his work. Um, so now let's turn our attention to God's word this morning. Uh, get your Bibles open to Colossians chapter 3. Um, anybody who's around our church in the beginning knows that the journey through the book of Colossians was the very first book we studied as a church together when we planted in 2015, and... Uh, uh, we're going back to a passage that is uh, so critical in light of this series, uh, Become Like Christ. Um, we're striving in this series not just to learn some things about God and his word and his gospel, but we want to be transformed from the inside out. Anybody with me? 
That's what we're chasing and we're going after that and we're, we're, we're living by faith in the Son of God and we're depending on what Jesus accomplished in his work and we're depending on the continual work of the Holy Spirit. We're waging war against our flesh. We talked about this a few weeks ago. We're committed to killing sin before it kills us. We're walking in who we are in Christ with a new heart last week. And today in this passage, God is encouraging you to receive and put on new clothes. That's why this clothing rack is, is up here this morning. It's a picture of, that I'm going to interact with to sort of reinforce some of the elements of what we're teaching through, to reinforce what's happening in your heart and my heart and in our lives together. See, God's Spirit wants to walk into the closet of your heart and do some spring cleaning. I was very thankful that the temperature coordinated with that illustration at the beginning of the message because it feels like spring outside or even summer for those of us in Michigan. And, um, and so what we're talking about here and the challenge with this whole idea of new life in Christ is out with the old, in with the new. And so let's look at it. Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 through 17. Let's start with the context though. I want you to see what's happening in this chapter that leads up to this passage. First, in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, if you wanted to sum up that that passage, it would just be, get your eyes on Jesus, like off of this world. Lift it up, see where Jesus is, is risen above all of this world and where he's leading us to. Get your eyes on Jesus. Then in verses 5 through 9, It's really another passage that talks about what we've been talking about the past few weeks. Put on the old self, put on, put sin to death. That's the first move after we get our eyes on Jesus. Then look at verse 10. This is what God's wanting to do. And have put on the new self, there it is, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. That's becoming like Christ. That's the picture, right? So then, out of us becoming like Christ, out of us being, as it says, renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator, what are some of the things we should be putting on? Let's look at it, starting in verse 12. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's start this morning by seeing that over over the top of all of these specific verses is this theme, this big move, this challenge to you and to me, represent Christ by clothing yourself in him. Clothing yourself in him. How do you represent Christ? By clothing your life with the very character of Christ. Do you understand what kind of privilege that is? Like immediately when you hear that, you should be like, are you, see, are you sure? 
are you sure? Like you should check the scriptures again and be like, am I supposed to be made like Christ? And you're like, yeah, like I'm called to represent him. Some like to say, when they talk about represent, they're like, I rep something. I rep Christ. It's a short form for it. And the acrostic of that, R-E-P, is the points of the message this week. Receive, express, and position. So let's walk through each one. First, if we want to rep Christ, we've got to receive new clothing made available by Christ. We've got to receive new clothing. Now as we start and we look at verse 12, please, please, please do not rush. One of the problems I think in our um, studying of God's word and reading of God's word is, is that we we have been conditioned by our society and our culture to read fast. I read to learn the thing so I can pass the test, right? Students, like, I, I get through that and I, we don't understand how to sort of meditatively read. That's what our approach to scripture should be. It's a different gear, it's slower. Here's why. Look, Paul starts in verse 12 and he goes, put on them. Because of what Christ has done, he wants to renew you in the knowledge of the image of of the creator. He's got some great plans for you. And at this point, you should be like, what is it? What does he want me to put on? But he pauses. He goes, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Before he gets to the specifics of what you're supposed to put on, he's rooting your identity in who Christ says you are through the work of the gospel. Don't miss this. It's so critical as we move into what we're supposed to put on that we first know who we already are. And so what he's saying here is he's like, hold on, before we start talking about the things you've got to put off and the things you've got to put on, before we start talking about the challenge of that, the intimidation of that, the guilt and shame that comes from living under the old self and the challenge, sometimes it seems intimidating to put on the new self. He's like, hold on just a sec. You're chosen. If your faith is in Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, he knew you before the foundation of the world. Your relationships, the stability of your life is safe and secure. Why pe- the reason why people seek after all sorts of other relationships is because they're trying to fill themselves because their heart is not secure in Christ. When it's secure in Christ, you're like, I don't need anything else. Then he says, holy Through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, your sin is covered by the righteousness of Christ. And the process of becoming like Christ is just to live into the reality of what already is true. And then he says, you are beloved. We've seen this word a few times in the past few weeks and months, and I love it. The word beloved is, it says something. It, it doesn't just say like, like, like uh, you, you are someone I have loved or I'm trying to love. It's like you're loved. You're being loved by God. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if your faith is in him, he loves you. He has an affection for you. He, and he has an awesome purpose that he wants to fulfill in your life. To renew you, to renew your life back to the original intent of God. Do you know that God had an original intent, a beautiful, perfect intent for your life that he's wanting to see crafted out of your brokenness? The the work of redemption, the beauty of the rescuing story of the gospel is that God saw you in your brokenness and he said, I want to restore you back to my intention. 
And to live into that is the greatest joy that you'll experience in this life. So secure your heart here first. Don't run on to the other things because you get intimidated. You've got to have a stable foundation. New clothing is available by the grace of the creator. We receive new clothing made available by Christ. Recognize that in the gospel, like here's what, God has delivered you an upgrade to your wardrobe because you were chosen and holy and beloved. He gives you a new self to put on. In the gospel, he delivers that new self right to the porch of your heart like an Amazon delivery. Always in the right amount of time and, and he literally delivers it to you. He does the work and he offers it to you. And so if it's been given to you, we should open it and put it on, right? Like nobody with Amazon you know, boxes just like, hmm, I don't know what's in that. I'll just put it on the counter and I might open it at some point. If you do that, you're weird. Like don't do that. That's weird. Like, like he, he gives you this and he calls you to put it on. This put on language, like, like there's anticipation, like if, if God delivers something to you and he says put it on, there should be a zeal that we have to put it on. Like, like the language is seen throughout the New Testament. Here's some of the things in other places that God calls you to put on. He calls you to put on the armor of light. I'm like, that, that looks nice, I'm sure. I know in my life when that's put on what that feels like. He says to put on immortality to put on a heavenly dwelling, to put on the armor of God, to put on many character traits of Christ like we're gonna see in this passage. Each one is a wardrobe upgrade. It's an awesome opportunity to showcase the goodness and the power of Jesus. Every year, I love this in the first few weeks, especially the Sunday after, the few Sundays right after Christmas, people love to showcase their wardrobe upgrade. Right? They're like, just walk with a little more confidence and authority. I see you. Uh, I, this, this year, I remember walking up to a few people, and I'm like, what percentage of your outfit is from Christmas? And they're like, all of it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and there's something about that. People get new clothes, and they, and they love to wear them to work and school or church. And, but the blessing of, of, of new clothing, it wanes quickly, doesn't it? Suddenly, it just becomes the, the thing that's in my closet that I've had for, I don't know, a while. Some of our clothes become our favorites and hopefully last a long time, but all clothes eventually, they get worn out, they get stained, or they go out of style. It's completely different with what God wants you to put on. It's completely different. The clothing God wants you to put on gets better over time. It gets better, church. The new clothing, if, if you're a new, a new follower of Christ, there's some clothing that kind of feels uncomfortable, right? Like if you're a new believer, you're like, this doesn't fit right, and you, you're kind of like not sure about it because you got this clothing, this old self that you used to wear, and you're kind of like, I just kind of feel more comfortable in that. I get it. I know. And, and, and you put on this new clothing, and you're like, what is, how am I supposed to wear this, and how does it fit? And you, you sort of have to grow into it. You grow into it. And over time, it becomes more and more comfortable. And it also, as the passage is going to show us, it becomes more of a blessing to you and to others. And the simple instructions really are, 
that you need to remove your old clothing. You gotta make room in the closet of your heart and you've gotta navigate through it and you've gotta acknowledge that there's some things that you've gotta get rid of. And you walk through the closet of your heart and you're like, oh, that's kind of old and dark and drab and that's marked by my old self and you just gotta get rid of it. You gotta clear it out of your closet. Part of putting on and putting, putting off and putting on is this process. And you navigate through here and you're like, I don't, this is dark and marked by the old self. I want nothing to do with that. And then sometimes in the work of the gospel, you get to a place where you're like, man, kind of hiding is some old self, right? Like between the joy of victory and the hope for the future is, um, is uh, I wondered how many people would catch that. You find some clothing that is marked by the old self and you're like, get rid of that. But when you get rid of that clothing, you're not putting it in a bag to give to someone else. Like you're taking that, you're putting it in a, in a trash bag and you are putting it in the incinerator. You're like, I don't want that anymore. I don't want that hiding in my closet. I want all the right things there. And then you receive the new clothing that God wants to bring. And you're, you pursue Christ to find out about the new clothing. You take hold of what, of what God has provided and, and that's your faith at work, church. You receive the new clothing available, made available by Christ and you represent Christ by clothing yourself in him. But, but, but listen, listen, his... his this work requires something else. So after receiving, we want to express the style of Jesus. We gotta do more than just receive it. We gotta get it on ourselves, in and a part of our lives. We gotta express the style of Jesus. And Jesus defines the style right here. Um, newsflash, it'll be reinforced multiple times in the rest of this message. You don't get to determine the style. And you don't want to. Jesus gives it to us. I was so helped as I read through these words that have so much power in them and potential. I was helped by uh, N.T. Wright's definitions in his Colossians commentary. I get to some places and I'm like, I can't improve on this. And so here it is. Let's break these down. First, express the style of Jesus. First, he says, compassionate hearts. This is sensitivity to the needs and sadness of others. Oh, man. Church, this is what our world needs right now. This is what Jesus wants to showcase. I want you to see as we walk through these words that are the style of Jesus, that not only are they the opposite of the world and different than the world, they are a more right definition in the context of scripture. And I also would like you to consider that there are some places in and around the church which is, is flawed and not emphasizing the depth of these words in the culture of the church. So compassionate heart, sensitivity to the needs and sadness of others. How often have you seen a need and had compassion, a sensitivity to the needs? Or are you just so consumed with yourself and your agenda that you just walk right by them? I do, sometimes. And then there's other times when God moves and I clothe myself in Christ and I see those things. But it requires more than just seeing them. Look, kindness kindness, gracious and good actions toward others. I'm so blessed when I hear uh, testimonies of kindness 
And, um, and I, I even just this, just this past week heard of a way that my, um, my son showed kindness to someone. I have watched and seen kindness showed to people in our staff team and in the midst of our church. I love this picture of, of, of the style of Jesus. Humility, surrendering self for the sake of Christ and his kingdom. Humility is not just a, oh, woe is me, I'm so bad, but it's like an idea of I'm living into promoting Christ and his kingdom. I don't care about me, but I'm gonna be loud about who Jesus is, amen? Amen. Then N.T. Wright does this brilliant job of comparing meekness and patience. If you're not challenged yet, you're about to be. N.T. Wright wrote, Gentleness, another word for meekness, is the effect of meek humility on one's approach to other people. Watch, it's the approach. Whereas patience is the effect of that humble kindness on one's reaction to other people. So, So God wants us to be clothed with Christ in our approach to people. We see people, we approach people, we're kind to people, we have humility being concerned about Christ and his kingdom, and we have patience in how we respond or react to people. Man. And the cool part about this is that the style of Jesus does more than just represent outwardly. It's not just like something you wear and you're like, oh, look how good I look. Like it actually impacts other people. It changes how you interact with other people. Look, look, at, look, at what, look at the impact starting in verse 13. Built upon the, the style of Jesus and I'm wearing it, it gives me the opportunity, it enables me, it opens the door for me to then, look what it says, bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. That means that you're helping someone carry the weight that they have to carry. When I'm carrying a heavy weight, there's nothing that brings greater relief than somebody coming along and carrying it with me. Right, church? Like, and we're all gonna walk into seasons when we have something that we're bearing that's heavy and weighty and difficult. I know because I know. I know because I've walked alongside some of you in the midst of the weight that you're carrying, even still continuing to carry. But the style of Jesus enables us to bear with one another and represent Christ. Then not only the weight that we carry, but also the weight that exists between us. Look where it continues. It says, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, he's the example, so also you must forgive. Do not miss, miss the must part. Like, I love there that it said if you have a complaint against one another. It didn't say if you have some heinous, weighty, hard, you know, long-term issue, a feud that you've had. It's like just a complaint. Have you had any complaints this week against anybody? Complaint is so light. It's the little rubs. It's the little, huh, that, that, that stung. It's the questions, it's the hardships, it's the words misspoken. And into that, what Jesus, the style of Jesus says is, when you have a complaint against one another, forgive them, move to forgiveness. How, how, how can I bear the weight of the offense against me? 
you look to Jesus. He died on the cross for your sin, for the weight that you put on him that cost him his life. And out of that, you can't look at the love of that and the, and the compassion of that and the humility of that and the kindness of that and not then also be willing to forgive. And so if you play this out rightly, like the passage uh, shows us, look, look where it goes in verse 14. And above all of these, put on, what church? Put on love. Above all these, put on love. See, See, love is not the thing that leads. Love is what's manifested when the style of Jesus is being lived out, amen? Love isn't words I say like, oh man, I, I, just, I, just, I just say I love you so that means that I love you. No, love is what's put on over the top of the style of Jesus. And, and then it says there so beautifully, it gives us a vision of the impact, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Like, like all of this, when it starts to build and you start to see the order of it and the work of God in it, uh, changing and transforming us, the end of all of that is thankfulness. The end of all of it is thankfulness. Please don't miss this. The harmony, the, the peace, and the thankfulness comes only when we are fully committed to expressing the style of Jesus before God and with one another's. Most notably in how we care for one another in difficult times and how we forgive one another. It only comes when we're repping Christ, when we are expressing his style, pursue putting on what you have been given. You know, there, there are thousands of styles of, of, of clothing, and uh, there's styles that come and go. There's styles that you hope go and never return. Fair? There are some of you that don't even care about style at all. Uh, you just care about what's comfortable and functional, which, by the way, is a style. You are expressing something. Um, some of you think about your clothing style way too much. And, um, and it's become too much of your identity. But it's different when we're talking about representing Christ's style and expressing it. For the follower of Jesus, nothing should be more important than expressing the style of Jesus. It should resonate in your heart in and around the time we spend together in worship. It should resonate in your life day in and day out. We should prioritize the style of Jesus above all other worldly uh, views of style because this style does more than just transform you outwardly. This style is intended through the work of Jesus in your heart. He wants to clothe your heart. He wants to clothe your thoughts. He wants to clothe your actions. He wants all of it clothed. And so ask him, like seek him on these things. Be crying out to God that he would form you in, in, in so many different ways. He's the provider. Learn more about Christ's style. Evaluate the closet of your heart. Add more of what you are lacking. Some of you are gonna look in your closet and you're gonna be like, I really need some more kindness. Who better to provide that than the example and the model of Jesus? Some of you are going to look there and you're going to, man, you got to that part and you're like, 
man, I, I might approach well, but I don't react well. And you're like, patience. I need patience. Way more patience. Like, God, can you give me a really big Amazon box of patience? And, and, and you just, you recognize then that, that this is God's gift for you and ask him to lead you. We want to wear Christ's style in every situation. When we enter into conversations, sometimes we enter into hard conversations with other people. Sometimes we need to acknowledge that as I'm walking towards that conversation or that interaction, I got to look at myself and go, I think I'm wearing my old self right now. And in that moment, I need to go, God, I don't want to wear my old clothes. And you just got to, like, before you even enter in, you got to be like, hold on, hold on, time out, like, like, like clothing change. If you say that out loud, people might think you're a little weird, but, you know, at least in this, in this room together, we can say that, and, and we understand. And so, we, before I even get there, I'm going to be like, man, I'm wearing my old self. Some of you, in the middle of a conversation, the Spirit of God will come, he does this to me where I literally find myself like, I'm slowing the pace of my intensity. Anybody, anybody there with me at a time? And what you're doing is you're putting on new clothes. You're like, eek, yuck, I got the dirty clothes on again. And you, and, and you, may, you may not do it, but there's another time out and you like, you like go and you like, some of you might even need to leave the room. Just be like, I'm gonna need a moment. Because I'm gonna go put on the right clothes. And some of you who have walked through and fallen and struggled in the midst of a conversation, maybe even this week, because you just wore your old self right through the whole conversation. All the insecurity, all of the impatience, all of the unkindness and unforgiveness need to get before the Lord and go, God, I just want, I want the new clothing. I want the new clothing, please, Lord. And you need to go back to that conversation, back to that person and say, listen, I was not wearing what I should have been wearing. And I want to ask for your forgiveness and I want to walk rightly in the way that I should. And um, that is what it means to express the style of Jesus. And we're going to have days where we wear the wrong clothing. We have days we wake up and we're like, how in the world am I wearing this clothing again? Anybody had mornings like that? And, and, and but let's, let's, let's be reviewing our lives humbly before the Lord. We want to express the style of Jesus, represent Christ by clothing yourself in him. And then finally this. Position your life to point to Christ. How? How does this work happen? How do I put myself in the right spot? Some of you are like, man, I've been coming to church week after week after week, sitting myself in a chair, like I'm singing the songs, I'm, I'm trying to listen, I even got a pen, I'm taking notes of the message. It's not moving the dial on becoming like Christ. It's not moving the dial. God's word helps us here. The first part of this last passage is so key. The first little section that starts with let and ends with richly, you need to underline, highlight, take it, write it on your forehead. I don't care. Whatever necessary to remember it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Everything depends on this move. 
The progress, the maturity, the upgrading of the closet, the adding more things to it, becoming more full, balanced in all of the the traits of Christ, all of the realities of immortality, all of the, the joys of the armor of God, all of it. Let that word communicate surrender. It's what you say when you see someone struggling and you're like, let me help you with that. Let is a invitation to surrender, an acknowledgement that you need help. And the, the word of Christ, I love the way that's framed because it's the word of Christ. It's a personal person who is engaging you, wanting to transform you. It's not an idea. It's not a list of rights and wrongs. It's not a list of things that we sort of like strive to get to in our own power. It is the word of Christ speaking it into us through what he's accomplished. It's his, if you want to summarize the word of Christ, you could summarize that it's Christ's work, his will, his ways, and his wisdom. His work, his will, his ways, and his wisdom. And what, just so I know it? No, so I dwell. It dwells in me. Let it, let it dwell in your hearts. Let it dwell in you to inhabit or to live in. And then richly, that refers to the manner. It's in large amount. It's in abundance. When you understand the, the, the word of Christ, you're not like, ah, I just want a, a little bit of it like every once in a while. And if you dwell in it, it it's not going to work just to come and sit in the right seat in, on a Sunday. It's let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Here's what it's declaring. It's declaring that I am surrendering my style. My prideful desire to represent me, my agenda, my opinion, my will, my ways, my wisdom. Instead, what I'm choosing by faith in Christ is I'm choosing to let the word of Christ dwell in me richly. I'm studying the the style of Christ because I want to upgrade my clothing. And I want to walk in the truth and the work and the will and the ways of Christ. And you know the best part about this? This is the fun sort of illustration because right after, look what it says in the scriptures. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And then we're singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs together with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Do you know that when you start like, like representing and living into the style of Jesus, when you put your life in a position where you're pointing to Christ, now you become a stylist. This is what a clothing stylist does. A clothing stylist has a, uh, will, will, you know, kind of uh, build a wardrobe around someone's style. When you start representing Christ, he gives you opportunities in and around the body of Christ to start teaching and admonishing other people to go, you know what, that clothing over there is not the best for you. There's some things that Christ has given you that I want to see you live into. That'll give you hope and joy. The goal of a stylist is a full and complete makeover. Like what you put on, what you think, what, how you talk, how you live, how you interact with others. All of life is upgraded by the word of Christ. All of it. And notice that it expresses itself then in worship that leads to thankfulness. And it finishes in verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything 
in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so the challenge of this passage is uh, really comes when we ask the question, are you letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly until your life is positioned to point to Christ? Are you really letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly? I think sometimes our approach to scripture is still, unfortunately, um, in my life too at times, is task-oriented, right? I'm supposed to read the Bible, so I read the Bible, and this is how long I'm reading in the Bible. And that is, that is, a, that is a pretty huge step, not impossible for anybody to make through the work of Christ and the work of the Spirit, to, to move from a place where I'm over here and I'm just like reading to a place where I'm letting the word of Christ dwell in me richly. I at times have asked people, I'm like, where is, uh, what part of God's word is dwelling in you richly? That'd be a challenge in your home, in your community groups, in your relationships with other believers. What aspect of the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly? Because if there's not anything, then, then that's what you should be seeking God's word for. And God will be so faithful to provide that. So see, what happens when we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly is all of the things that's in this passage. Like we, when you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, you, you know that you were chosen by Christ and it secures your heart and mind. You Know that you're holy and God lifts you up out of the mire and the, the filth of your sin and he calls you to be set apart as holy. He reminds you that you're loved by him regardless of what your week has looked like or your attitude has looked like. In his power then, he invites you to put on, to grow into, to become accustomed to, growing in as a compassion, giving, having, giving you compassionate hearts and kindness, and humility, and meekness, and patience. And then watching that impact the way that you love one another, and changing the way that you care, and forgive, and love, which causes you to walk in peace, and experience thankfulness. That is good news. That's good news. It has to be more than listening to God's word on a Sunday morning. It has to be more than just Sunday morning clothing. Or is one of the songs we've sung in our church. It's got to be more than Sunday morning faith. It has to be your style every day in every moment. The word of Christ dwelling in you richly. And listen, our time together when we gather, whether it's here on Sunday morning or in community groups or other places that we gather, those should be catalysts and encouragement, resets, a moment of recalibration. But God wants you to be clothed like Christ in every way, every day. We've got to position our lives to point to Christ. We've got to represent him by clothing ourselves in him. And one of the things I love about the character and the nature of Jesus is, is that uh, Jesus, uh, he, was, he was wise. And one of the things that he instituted was a time for the church regularly to refocus and recommit to clothing ourselves in him. It's called communion. 
It's a time to remember and to remembering the work of Christ that makes it possible. Never forget that becoming like Christ is built upon remembering and knowing the work of Christ. And on the cross, what Jesus declared with absolute certainty, he declared, I love you and I forgive you. Both things are critical if we're going to become like Christ. We need to know that we're forgiven, that we're not stuck in our sin, that we're not standing before God guilty and covered in shame, but instead we've been covered by the righteousness of Christ. We need to know that we're loved and that God's going to walk with us through this reformation project. And so then out of that, he says, come to me and I want to transform you so that you can represent me to the world. And so this morning, in a few moments, the elements are going to be passed and we're going to take the two cups stacked on top of one another, two elements, the bread representing the body of Christ given because he wants relationship with you. And two, the juice representing the blood of Christ poured out for you because he loves you so much that he forgave you all of your sin against him. If you're not a believer, please let the elements pass. This is for the followers of Jesus Christ and I want you to take this time to just seek the Lord and Ask him to form in you what needs to be formed, to receive new life in Christ, to realize it's been delivered right to the porch of your heart and to commit to the style of Jesus, to confess what old clothing needs to go, to ask him for new clothing and ask for the, the word of Christ to dwell in you richly so that the clothing continue, can continue to grow and be upgraded so that your life can be positioned to point to Christ and Christ alone. Seek him as the elements are, are, are handed out, even as our servers begin to come forward now, and we're gonna take them together in just a few moments. But right now, let's just turn our attention fully to the Lord as the worship team leads us, leads us in this song. Let's do that now. <laughs>